What is going on, sports fans? Welcome to Season 2, Episode 12. We're back after a month off. We are back with the Jack of All Trade Sports Podcast. We got a lot to go on today. Recap of NFL Week 11. We also pick a Week 12 with the Thanksgiving games coming up shortly. We recap everything in college football. And we recap NBA free agency and the big moves that happen around the association. But first, as always, this episode is sponsored by Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make podcasts, editing tools, creation tools. It is for free. Go to anchor.fm to start your very own podcast today. Today is Monday, November 23rd, week 11. We start on Thursday Night Football with the Seattle Seahawks and the Arizona Cardinals facing off in an NFC West division lead. The NFC West Seahawks took a brief lead in the division for a moment when they defeated the Cardinals. Kyler Murray tried to bring the Cardinals back at the end. They were down seven, but a Carlos Dunlap game-ending sack and a Carlos Hyde touchdown proved to be the two key plays Seattle needed to solidify the victory. Seahawks win 28-21. Going to Houston on Sunday where Cam Newton and the Patriots look to try and win a must-win must game and stay in the playoff race in the AFC. But Deshaun Watson and the Texans had other plans. Deshaun Watson, 380 total yards of the 399 total yards of Houston's offense. Is that good? Yes, it's great. The Texans somehow got the victory over the Patriots on Sunday. Deshaun Watson had two TDs and 344 passing yards in the win. Texans win 27-20. Moving on to Baltimore, where Tractor Cito and the Tennessee Titans look to repeat their dominance of Baltimore from the playoffs last season in a Week 11 matchup of two AFC playoff hopefuls. Derrick Henry led the way with 133 rushing yards and scored a walk-off rushing touchdown in overtime to give the Reeling Ravens its fourth loss of the season, doubling their total from last year. Titans win 30-24 in OT. Moving to Jacksonville where the Pittsburgh Steelers tried to start 10-0. And they did just that, dominating the reeling Jaguars 27-3. Ben Roethlisberger had 267 yards and two touchdowns. And Maxion's own Deontay Johnson, 12 catches for uh, 111 yards. The Steelers 10-0, moving into a big Thanksgiving matchup with the Baltimore Ravens. They beat the Jaguars 27-3. Going to Carolina in a matchup of two very similar bad teams that are well-coached as the Panthers took on the Lions. P.J. Walker, the XFL's finest, was 24 for 34 with 258 passing yards and a touchdown pass, filling in for Teddy Bridgewater as the Panthers shut out the Lions 20 to nothing. We go to Washington where the football team looked to stay in the race for the heavily contested NFC East title where each team is very bad. Joe Burrow tore his ACL and MCL in the loss and we certainly wish the best for the Bengals star rookie quarterback. Antonio Gibson rushed for 94 yards and a TD for the Washington football team to stay in the race for the NFC East. Washington wins 20-9. We go to New Orleans where it was Taysom time and not Drew Brees time as the Saints look to Saints look to best the Falcons and they did just that on the arm and legs of Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill won his first career start as a quarterback without throwing a touchdown pass and his two touchdowns on the ground helped the Saints beat the Falcons. Moving to Cleveland, where the Browns look to start 7-3 for the first time in who knows when. 
The Browns picked up a win in the sloppy weather on Sunday. Nick Chubb's 114 rushing yards proved to be a difference maker. And the Browns' one-two punch of Chubb and Hunt had them in the hunt for a playoff spot at 7-3 against the helpless Eagles team. Browns went 22-17. Moving to Denver, where it was two a time for the first half, but Tua got benched for poor play, and the Fitzmagic ran out for the Dolphins as the Broncos' defense forced the Dolphins to sit rookie sensation Tua Tagovailoa, and Melvin Gordon had two rushing touchdowns as the Fitzmagic ran out as Fitzpatrick threw a critical interception in the fourth quarter. Broncos went 20-13. We go to Los Angeles, where it was the battle of two teams who can't stop shooting themselves in the foot. The Jets become the first team to be eliminated from playoff contention as New York drops its 10th straight game, this time to the Chargers. Rookie sensation Justin Herbert had three touchdown passes, and the quarterback position in L.A. looks like it's in good hands. Chargers win 34-26, going to Minnesota in a battle of two underperforming teams. Despite Kirk Cousins' three touchdown passes and a rushing touchdown from Dalvin Cook, the Cowboys and the Red Rifle get the win over the Vikings. Ezekiel Elliott finally showed up and ran for 103 yards in the win. It's his first time he hit the mark this season. Cowboys stay in contention in the NFC least, and they win 31-28. We go to America's Game of the Week in Indianapolis as Phil Rivers and the Colts took on Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Phil Rivers and the Colts were down 14 points at the half, but came back and had a 31-28 lead with a minute left. But Aaron Rodgers, we know one thing about this quarterback. He always throws the Hail Mary, and he throws it well. A 50-yard bomb on third down gave the Packers a first down at the 50, and they kick a game-tying field goal to take it to overtime. But in overtime, Valdez Scantling fumble, and the Colts recover, and the Colts kick the game winner with Rodrigo Blankenship, and the Colts win 34-31. We finish in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium where the Raiders took on the Kansas City Chiefs. The Raiders, Derek Carr found Jason Witten with about a minute left, and the Raiders took a 31-28 lead. But Patrick Mahomes knows how to win, and he only needs a minute to do so. He led them on a game-winning touchdown drive that saw him throw the game-winning touchdown pass to Cleveland Heights' finest, Travis Kelsey, in the final seconds against the Raiders. Mahomes and the Chiefs got their revenge to stay at one loss in the season, and the Chiefs win 35-31. And that was the Week 11 recap presented by Anchor. And man, oh man, what a Week 11 it was. Great action all across the National Football League. And we're going to talk about what it means for the standings. And where things shape up heading into Week 12 and the Thanksgiving games, obviously, that are happening this week. So, looking at the divisions, the AFC, there are at least two competitive teams in, in position for a playoff spot in each division. You look at the AFC East. The Bills are in first in the AFC East. They're 7-3. and three. Um, they had a bye week this week. Obviously, they didn't play. The Dolphins were at 6-3. and three. Could have tied the Bills for first in the division. If they won, they fall to the Broncos. They fall to 6-4. and four, But those two are still firmly in the hunt for the playoff spots. Then you look at the rest of the NFC's. Patriots 4-6. and six. I think they're done. I think they're not going to make the playoffs. And obviously, the Jets, as I said, are eliminated from the playoffs. And their focus is just on winning a game this season. Look at the AFC West. The Chiefs and the Raiders. I think the AFC West is a solid division. Because I think the Chargers and the Broncos are both better than the records they show. But if we're talking about who is going to be in the position to make the playoffs, it's the Chiefs and the Raiders. The Chiefs, it's going to be the Chiefs and the Steelers who get that first round bye in the AFC. And I think the Raiders have enough talent and enough weapons to be a kind of a watch out team. If they get into the playoffs, watch out because they can make some noise. So the Chiefs sit at 9-1, the Raiders sit at 6-4, Broncos 4-6, Chargers 3-7. 
Arguably the best division in football is the AFC North, where we see the Steelers up top at 10-0, and obviously. They have been amazing all year. Chase Claypool is amazing for them. They always find receivers in the second round. I don't know what it is, but um, that's what's going on in the AFC North. The Browns jump the Ravens after beating the Eagles, and the Ravens take a loss to the Titans. The Browns are now 7-3. and They sit in second place. The Ravens are now 6-4. and They drop down a third. And obviously the Bengals, who are going to be without Joe Burrow for the rest of the season and some of next season, are 2-7-1, sitting in the cellar of the AFC North. And looking at the AFC South now, you got the Colts and the Titans, who are both 7-3. and The Colts, since they beat the Titans last week, they are in first place in the division for now. However, they do play this week in Indianapolis. That's a huge game for playoff implications. And those are the two teams that are in it in the AFC. Moving on to the NFC standings. we And then we'll get into the playoff picture. We look at the NFC East. Now, this is the most interesting division in football. Not because every team is good, but it's because every team is bad. And one of these teams has to win the division. And if you ask me who who could win the division right now, I would tell you any of these teams could. Because you look at all these teams, they're three, six, and one the Eagles. And then the Giants, Washington, and the Cowboys are all three and seven. I have not been overly impressed by any of these teams. The one team I have been impressed by more than the others this season is the Giants. Because you look at the Giants game against the Buccaneers, they lost. But it was very close. And the times I've watched the Giants this year, they haven't been unbearable to watch. So I think the Giants have an outside chance at winning that division. Obviously, the tie is currently helping the Eagles a lot. And if you look at that tie, that could be the thing that wins the division for the Eagles. But I think whoever wins this NFC East is going to be below 500. And I think a big game to watch this week, I'm talking about Thanksgiving football. Thanksgiving, I know you're going to look at the Cowboys without Dak Prescott and the Washington football team who isn't that good. And you're going to say, that's not a good Thanksgiving game. But when the NFC East is... All the teams are three have three wins, and that could potentially decide it. That could be a deciding game in this race. That's a game you're going to want to watch. I'm circling that game, and that'll tell us a lot more about this division that is so unpredictable. Moving to the NFC West, who has a, who they definitely have a claim for being the best division in football. The Seahawks, as I mentioned, take a brief lead in the division at 7-3. and three, And I say brief because the Rams play the Buccaneers tonight on Monday Night Football. So the Rams, with a win, would overtake the Seahawks for first place at 7-3. and three. The Rams are 6-3. and three, They're in second. Cardinals 6-4 and four in third. And then the 49ers, the injured 49ers, are 4-6. and six. They're sitting down there in the cellar of the NFC West a year after making the Super Bowl. NFC North... I think it's pretty clear cut that the Packers are going to win this division. The Bears have an outside chance at it. They're 5-5. Five and five. I just think the Bears have not impressed me at all this season. They started 5-1, and one, but um, I kind of knew they were frauds. So uh, the Bears are 5-5, five and five, Vikings 4-6, and six, Lions 4-6. and six. So I think the Packers have that division on lock. NFC South, the Saints and the Buccaneers will both make the playoffs. I firmly expect that. I think the Saints win this division. Man, I was impressed with Taysom Hill yesterday. Now, I'm a Jameis Winston fan. I think Jameis Winston's one of the most entertaining quarterbacks in football. But Taysom Hill did what he had to do. He is a Swiss Army knife. I've said that. I call him the Swiss Army knife of the NFL for years now. But he, I think he gives the Saints more options on offense, which is why they put him in with Drew Brees out with um, fractured ribs. But the Buccaneers look good. The Panthers are a well-coached bad team, and the Falcons are just bad. And that's what, what we're looking at in the division. Now, if we look at the playoff picture, if the playoffs started today in the AFC and the NFC, here's who would be in. And then I'm going to tell you like who I think is going to get into the playoffs as of, right, as of right now. Everything could change. But let's look at the playoff picture right now. If the NFL.com would load it for us here. Let's see. All right, yeah. So, obviously, the playoff format is different this season. The, the, so, the top seed gets a bye. 
Everybody else doesn't. So in the AFC right now, the Steelers are the number one seed with a bye. They're 10-0. and They would get the bye if the playoffs started today. The Chiefs are number two at 9-1. and The Bills, number three at 7-3. and The Colts, number four at 7-3. and So those are the division winners if the season ended today. Here's who is in the playoffs that they started today. The Titans at number five sit at 7-3, second in the AFC South. They would be in the playoffs that they started today. The Cleveland Browns sit at six. They would be in the playoffs if it's they started today at seven and three. And the last spot would go to the six and four Las Vegas Raiders, who did lose to the Chiefs. But they would be in over the teams that are in the hunt. And the realistic teams that are in the hunt are the Ravens and Dolphins, who are both six and four. There's obviously an outside chance that the Broncos and the Patriots at four and six could get in. But let's be real here. I just listed you one. There are one, two, three, four, five. Six, seven. There are nine teams in the AFC with six or more wins. So you're looking at that through week 11. You're thinking, if I'm going to make the playoffs as an AFC team, I'm going to need 10 plus wins. And that's what I think it's going to take to make the playoffs. As a Browns fan, do I think the Browns will make the playoffs? And I'm saying a cautious yes because you look at their schedule. They got the Jaguars next week. That should be a win. They got the Giants and the Jets in week 15 and 16. Those should be two wins. So you're already looking at 10 wins. Then you got Baltimore and Pittsburgh at home. Those are both games that are winnable. Because Pittsburgh could already have the number one seed locked up by then. They could be resting all their starters while the Browns could be playing for playoff positioning. So the Browns would probably be favored in that game if that's the case. Baltimore. We don't know about Baltimore. I've been on record saying Baltimore Ravens are frauds. I've been saying that since they lost in the playoffs two years in a row. But I don't know because they did beat the Browns by a blowout in week one. But you look at this Ravens team. They've lost three of their last four games. I don't know what to expect from them. And... Then the other game the Browns have is the Titans. Now, the Titans, I think, are a good team. I think I would not pick the Browns over the Titans if that game started today. But I think it's a toss-up because if you look at the Tennessee Titans, one week they lose to the Bengals, who the Browns beat twice. Then another week they look and they they lose, they lose beat the Baltimore Ravens and they look like a great team. And they're, they're, they're very close to beating the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't know which Titans team they're going to get. That's going to be very determining for the Browns if they get into the playoffs. I think they will. And I think if I had to pick, I think the playoff picture, if I had to pick it right now, I would put the, I would think the Ravens would get in. I think that means the Raiders would be out. But I think the Ravens have a better chance of making the playoffs than the Raiders do. And that's the only thing I would see changing right now. Looking at the NFC playoff picture, the Saints are number one. They would have the bye if the playoffs started today. Number two, the Packers. Three, the Seahawks. Four, the Eagles, five, the Buccaneers, six, the Rams, and seven, the Cardinals. Now, looking at who's in the hunt, the Bears are in the hunt. They're at five and five. Looking at the AFC, um, the NFC playoffs, I think the wild card is pretty much set. The thing that's not set is the NFC East. All the teams are in contention. So I think the wild card might stay the same in the NFC. Obviously, I don't know if the Rams are going to win the NFC West or if the Seahawks are going to win the NFC West. But I think those six those six teams, you can pencil in the Saints, pencil in the Packers, pencil in the Seahawks, pencil in the Buccaneers, pencil in the Rams, and pencil in the Cardinals, and then just leave the NFC East blank until about week 17, because that's when we're going to know who wins that division. But those would be who I would think would make the playoffs if the playoffs started today in the NFL. It was a great week of football. Some storylines to watch going into Thanksgiving week. Um, the Ravens had two positive coronavirus tests. Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins, both of their running backs, um, test positive for the virus. There's no word on if this will affect um, Thanksgiving, the Thanksgiving game against the Steelers. We're gonna say we're. I'm gonna pick these games as if it's not going to, 
And you look at another team that was hit by the coronavirus, the Cleveland Browns. Obviously, Miles Garrett tested positive for the coronavirus. Missed Sunday's game. We'll miss next Sunday's game as well. So we're going to go ahead and pick week 16. Then we're going to go to break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about the college football, college football, what's going on around college football. And we're going to talk about NBA free agency. All right. So week 16, week 12, excuse me, picks Texans, Lions, 1230. On Thanksgiving Day in Detroit, this is a battle of two very bad teams. Um, I would pick the Texans because of Deshaun Watson, and that's the only reason I'm picking them. Washington football team versus Cowboys Thanksgiving, 430. Give me the... Oh, that's a tough one. That's a toss-up. I'm going to take the Washington football team because here's why. I know a lot of people are going to pick the Cowboys in this game, but I'm taking the Washington football team because their defensive line is one of the best defensive lines in football. And I think they're going to put a lot of pressure on Andy Dalton and a lot of pressure on Ezekiel Elliott. And I think Dallas isn't going to be able to move the ball against them. I'm, I'm going to pick Washington in that matchup. Ravens-Steelers Thursday in Pittsburgh Thanksgiving. I'm going to go with the Steelers, especially if the Ravens don't have their two running backs. Now, you're lo- you're at, you might be asking yourself, Jack, you're picking the Steelers to go 11-0. Do you think they're going to go 16 now? My answer is no, because I think they lose to Buffalo. I think they could lose to the Colts, and I think the Browns are another tough game for them. But I'd pick the Steelers to start 11-0, beat the Ravens by about 6, I would say, on Thanksgiving night. Chargers-Bills Sunday in Buffalo. Give me the Bills. I think the Chargers keep it close, but I think the Bills end up on top. A battle in the AFC South, the Titans at the Colts. Give me the Titans in that one. I think the Titans retake the lead in the NFC West, um, and uh, AFC South, what am I saying? <laughs> I think they retake the lead in the AFC South because I just think they have more talent, and I think it's Tractor Cito season, and I think Derrick Henry is very hard to stop this time of year. Panthers-Vikings in Minnesota, give me the Vikings at home. Browns-Jaguars in Jacksonville, Browns win by two-plus touchdowns. Um, Giants-Bengals, give me the Giants on the road. Cardinals-Patriots, I'll take the Cardinals on that one. Dolphins-Jets, I'll take the Dolphins. Raiders, Falcons, give me the Raiders. Saints, Broncos, I'll take the Saints. 49ers, Rams, I'll take the Rams at home. The game of the weekend next week is Chiefs, Buccaneers. Tom Brady versus Pat Mahomes. Give me the Buccaneers at home. I think the Chiefs are due for another loss, and I think the Buccaneers deal them that loss. Bears, Packers, Sunday Night Football. Give me the Bears on the road as my upset pick of the week. I'm taking the Bears on the road. I think that defense does a little bit of damage to Aaron Rodgers, and I think the pack the Packers drop that one, and the Bears move within a game of the division title. Not division title, the division lead in the NFC North. And finishing things off on Monday Night Football, Seahawks, Eagles. Give me the Seahawks. The Eagles are in shambles right now. I just cannot pick them. Those are my Week 12 picks. All right, we are going to go to break. When we come back, college football update, an update on where this podcast is, what we're going to do for these next couple weeks, and why I decided to pick things up after a month off. And we are also going to look up at NBA free agent moves and NBA trades and all that good stuff. So please stick around. And welcome back to Season 2, Episode 12 of the Jack of All Trades Sports Podcast. And we're back after a month off. Um, I took a month off because I had a lot of schoolwork. Um, college football started for Kent State, and I've been covering them. I went to both of their home games, sat in uh, the stands and filmed the game for a TV station for one of them. And I also sat in the press box for another. Pretty fun experience. Um, takes a lot of time, though. Also, pair that with a bunch of schoolwork and the stretch run of the semester. I thought it would be best to take time off. Once we got to Thanksgiving break, I'm going to record every week from here on out till the end of the football season, probably take another little break. 
But we're back and ready to roll until at least the end of the Super Bowl. And that's what we like to see, baby. All right, let's go. Week 12 of college football. Um, and a lot of stuff, good stuff's happening in college football. We're going to start with the uh, the Kent State Golden Flashes because they are 3-0 and for the first time since 19. 19- 58, they beat the Akron Zips 69-35 on Wednesday night. They beat Eastern Michigan Week 1 27-23, and they beat Bowling Green 62-24 in Week 2. Now, obviously, I know a lot about Kent State football because I go to Kent State, I cover the team, but um, what, 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 what do we say about the Flashes? They are very good this season. I've gotten to hear from Dustin Crum and head coach Sean Lewis on multiple occasions at press conferences, and they say the same thing, man. They know that they're a great football team. They know that they're going to be good and a force to be reckoned with in the MAC. And what a job by Sean Lewis to turn this team from about a one to two win team before he got there to a seven win team last year with a win against a first round NFL quarterback in a bowl game and to a three and zero start this year. And I think that's a great job. Um, Kent State is very good. Dustin Crum has had an amazing year. So is Isaiah McCoy. I expect Dustin Crum to be an NFL draft pick when it's all said and done. I think he's going to play himself into a backup job in the NFL. I think that's what he's doing right now um, with his great, great senior season so far. And we look at the um, their schedule from here on out, Kent State. They play Buffalo this week. That's the game of the week. I don't care. Alabama-Auburn, you can say Alabama-Auburn is the game of the week. I don't care for that because I think Kent State-Buffalo is the game of the week. Obviously, Mac East implications, they're both 3-0. and But I would say Kent State-Buffalo is the game of the week. But I say Kent State-Buffalo is the game of the week because you look at Buffalo, they got an outstanding running back, 3,000 career rushing yards on his career, that's Patterson. And you look at Kent State, they obviously have great playmakers, Dustin Crum. Isaiah McCoy, they got a good freshman running back in Marquez Cooper. They have a lot of talent on both sides of the ball, and they're both the both of those teams are undefeated. And whoever wins that game, I think, is the favorite to win the MAC. And that game is on Saturday at noon on CBS Sports Network. If you're a big fan of Maction or the Golden Flashes, I would recommend tuning into that one. But looking at the scores from this week at college football, you look at Tulane and Tulsa. To, to Tulsa gets the win over Tulane 20-30-24 in overtime, but we're going to focus on the top 25. So number six, Florida beats Vanderbilt 38-17. to The game of the week in the Big Ten was Ohio State and Indiana. Ohio State kind of sleptwalked through this game. They beat the Indiana Hoosiers 42-35, but the Hoosiers, man, they played really well. So did Michael Penix Jr., their quarterback, Five touchdowns, almost 500 passing yards in the shoe. That is absolutely nuts. Justin Fields looks shaky in the game. Um, I think Master T got his best game as a Buckeye as their running back. But Ohio State wins. They are 4-0. They got, I think, two games left, maybe three games. And then they got the Big Ten Championship. They have set themselves up nicely for a college football playoff run. You look at Coastal Carolina. The Chanticleers, man, they're one of the surprises of college football this year. They're 16th in the country right now. They beat... Appalachian State 34 to 23. They're sitting at 7 or 8 0 right now, and that's pretty cool for them. Shout out to Coastal Carolina. Look at BYU. I think BYU's ranked, aren't they? BYU. I think BYU's undefeated. I don't know why this website says they're not ranked, but I'm pretty sure that they're ranked. BYU, yeah, BYU is number eight in the country. Number eight BYU best Northern Alabama 66 to 14. Now BYU got in a little bit of trouble with Twitter the other day because they tweeted uh 
any team, any time, any place, right? And then a news story came out later in the day that uh, BYU actually said no to playing the Washington Huskies until they saw where they were ranked in the initial college football playoff rankings, which are tomorrow night. So they're a little bit afraid of Washington or of those big schools. I don't know. I'm not going to say that they are, but they might be. But BYU is sitting at number eight there undefeated there, much like another team that we're going to talk about in a minute here, a team that's on the outside looking in that I don't think gets in because of how weak their conference is. Look at another big game the Big Ten happened this week between two undefeated teams. Wisconsin took on Northwestern, and Northwestern, man, they showed up and showed out. The Wildcats win 17-7. They are now number 11 in the country, as Wisconsin is now number 18. But Northwestern, where did they come from? They're 5-0. and They have set themselves up to be the favorites in the Big Ten Big Ten West, and they should probably face Ohio State in the um, Big Ten Championship if all things go according to plan. The other team I was talking about who's in the same boat as BYU is the Cincinnati Bearcats. They are undefeated this year, 8-0. They beat the UCF Golden Knights on Saturday, 36-33. What a job Luke Fickle's done with that program, man. Luke Fickle's done such an amazing job with Cincinnati, and I think, like, he obviously wasn't ready to be a head coach at Ohio State. But you look at how well he's done at Cincinnati. The last two years, last three years, they've won 10-plus games. And they're on pace to do that um, this year to make it the third straight year. And you look at Luke Fickley, he got offered the Michigan State job this offseason. He didn't take it. He said, I want to go back to the Bearcats. I think we got a shot to make some noise. And they are making some noise. They are number seven right now. And I think Luke Fickle might get a bigger job in the offseason because of how great a job he's done with the Cincinnati Bearcats. Pac-12 kicked off their play again. The Oregon Ducks rejoined the top 10, and they are the only Pac-12 team in the top 10. They beat the UCLA Bruins 38-35 on Saturday in a great game there. Iowa State, man, speaking of coaches who've done a great job at their program, Matt Campbell at Iowa State, what an outstanding job he's done at Iowa State. They're first place in the Big 12. Iowa State is first place in the Big 12. That is absolutely nuts. They are the 15th ranked team in the country. They beat Kansas State 45 to nothing. And I think Matt Campbell has finally coached Iowa State to their ceiling. And I think they'll only go up from here. Alabama, number one team in the country, unanimously in the AP poll, beat Kentucky 63 to 3. Number 22, Auburn beats Tennessee 30-17. They match up in the Iron Bowl this weekend. Bedlam in Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. The Sooners, after starting off poorly, have won, I think, four in a row. They're four, they win 41-13. They have done a great job bouncing back after that very slow start. Mississippi State and Georgia, number 13, Georgia, best them, 31-24. USC, Utah, USC wins 33-17. to All right, now I'm going to give my predictions real quick for the college football playoff rankings as I think they're going to play out on Tuesday. We're also going to preview some of the big games coming up this week in college football. There's obviously going to be a lot of them. I already previewed Kent State Buffalo a little bit, but we obviously know there are going to be more of those games. So if we look at the college football playoff, how do I think the rankings are going to shape up Tuesday night? Well, let me tell you. I think Alabama is going to be number one. There's no question in my mind, that the Alabama Crimson Tide are going to be the number one team in the country. Um, but I would put Alabama number one. I would put Notre Dame number two just because I think Notre Dame has the best win of the season. Going up against Clemson and beating Clemson, I would put Notre Dame at number two. I would put the Ohio State Buckeyes at number three. And then at number four is where you kind of get, oh, do do we have some some drama here? I would still put Clemson at number four. They're 7-1 and one, um, with a loss to the number two team in the country. I think that's the best loss in the country right now. Texas A&M I would have at five. I would put Cincinnati at six. I would have those two being the last two looking in. I would put BYU at seven, Florida at eight. Then I would have Oregon nine, Northwestern ten, Miami eleven, and then from so on and so forth there. 
Um, but yeah, that's how I think the college football playoff rankings are going to shape out this week. It's been a great season of college football so far, and hopefully it continues. Hopefully the coronavirus stays away from them. But looking at this week 13 of college football, the biggest games, Iowa State takes on Texas. That's number 15 versus number 20. That's a top 20 matchup. That is a game that would be very big in the Big 12 standings. Number two, Notre Dame takes on number 25, North Carolina, on Friday. So that'll be a good game to watch, 3.30 Eastern in North Carolina. Um, the Civil War between Oregon and Oregon State happens on Friday as well. Ohio State takes on the Fighting Illini of Illinois on Saturday. Kentucky, Florida. Um, some Let's look at some other big matchups. Uh, Northwestern, Michigan State. Auburn, Alabama, as I mentioned. Kent State, Buffalo. Clemson, Pittsburgh. Cincinnati, Temple. Um, and... LSU, Texas A&M, those are probably the biggest games this week. Should be another great week of college football. All right, we're going to wrap this episode up going through NBA free agency and NBA moves that have been made. Now, the biggest move in the NBA was not made yesterday, but my most, my favorite move in the NBA was made yesterday. The Cleveland Cavaliers trade Alfonso McKinney and, jo- and um, what's his name? Joe jo Bell? Jo- something Bell. Oh, what's his name? Alfonso McKinney. Jordan Bell, that's his name. Jo- oh, they trade Alfonso McKinney and Jordan Bell. To the Lakers for Shaq and the Fool's greatest, JaVale McGee. And JaVale McGee will be in Cleveland next year. He obviously replaces Tristan Thompson. And Tristan Thompson signed a two-year $19 million deal with the Boston Celtics. That's a good fit there. Um, the top two free agents remaining are still Anthony Davis, who is going to re-sign with the Lakers, and Brandon Ingram, who most likely is going to re-sign with um, New Orleans, but we don't know. Fred Van Fleet agreed to a four-year $85 million deal with the Toronto Raptors. He stays put. The first guy, probably the top guy to change teams so far, Gordon Hayward opts out of his $34 million contract with the Celtics only to get paid four years, $120 million by Michael Jordan and the Charlotte Hornets. So Gordon Hayward gets paid. Hopefully it works out for him. Look at Bogdan Bogdanovich. He agreed to a four-year $72 million offer sheet from the Hawks, but the Kings have an opportunity to match since he's a restricted free agent. Christian Wood, he's a good young player, 25 years old from the Pistons. He signs with the Rockets. Joe Harris stays put with the Nets. Danilo Gallinari signs a three-year, $61.5 million deal with the Hawks. Um, Goran Dragic re-ups with the Eastern Conference champ Miami Heat. I'm trying to look at some other big moves. Serge Ibaka goes from the, uh, what's it called? He goes from the Raptors to the Clippers, follows Kawhi. Two years, $19 million there. Montrez Harrell says if you can't beat him, join him. Goes from the Clippers to the other locker room in Staples Center to the Los Angeles Lakers on a two-year $19 million deal. And the Lakers also got Mark Gasol. He agreed to a two-year deal there. So the Lakers reload, man. They're just reloaded. They also traded for Dennis Schroeder. They're reloading for a repeat run at the championship. And those those are the biggest moves. I'm trying to think of anything else that happened. Um, obviously, the guys are signing extensions. Jason Tatum signed an extension with the Boston Celtics. Um, Donovan Mitchell signed a big one with the um, Utah Jazz and Matthew Delavidova re-signed with the Cleveland Cavaliers. But um, some, of the, some of the big rumors, um, James Harden says that he wants to uh, maybe get traded from Houston. Russell Westbrook might want to get traded from Houston as well. Um, those are the two big news stories to watch in the NBA. But other than that, it's been a pretty exciting offseason. And we're just going to have to wait and see what happens. The NBA starts in a little over a month. So that'll be pretty great to see to get the NBA back. And um, real quick, we're going to end the episode saying the Tampa Bay Raptors are going to be a thing next year as the Toronto Raptors are not allowed to play their games in Canada. They will play their games in Tampa Bay. All right, that is all 
time we have for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, be sure to follow me on Twitter at JackBurnyTV for updates on all my TV stuff and my TV work with Kent State. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, my personal Twitter, if you want sports, funny, funny tweets and all that, at the TheJackBurney. Um, stay safe. Go Browns. Go Flashes. Go Buckeyes. Go everybody who I like. Um, have a great, safe, happy Thanksgiving, and we will see you next week, next Monday or Tuesday probably, to record another episode. Until then, have a great week, everybody.